This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, Welcome everybody to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we believe that everybody in your company should have a view towards your customer and value or a view towards the door. I'm Mark Boundy. I'm your host. Today, I am thrilled to have Tyler Hazlett. Tyler is the chief marketing officer of the C-Suite Network, uh, the world's largest network of C-Suite professionals, experts, and consultants servicing business folks. Tyler, welcome. Mark, thanks for having me. So t- tell us more about the C-Suite Network so that uh, rather than just that slogan-ish stuff, what is it you provide? Yeah, that's a good question. I think at the end of the day, at the, the core of our business, there's two really two core products. Um, the first is we own and operate a B2B media company, a B2B media network. And um, we help companies who are creating content um, and trying to tap into new digital media uh, platforms. We help provide the tools and resources to be effective, um, essentially, uh, companies today are sort of operating a little bit more like media publications in terms of how they attract and engage with their audience. And so they're they're doing things outside the box, like starting podcasts, uh, creating articles, um, and they're they're creating content. And at, but at the end of the day, they're they're not in the business of creating the content. They're in the business of running their business. And so we just provide a lot of the media tools that they would otherwise need to go and find on their own. And so that that's one piece. The second um, piece is we also have a membership subscription. We have, as you mentioned, um, a lot of executives who are members of our organization. We're all running businesses at the end of the day, and we're all kind of facing similar challenges, but we're doing them on our own. And so we provide a, a community where we get together on an ongoing basis. We provide events and we do a lot of networking together. And then we bring in other experts to learn from because we're all trying to be better operators, um, depending on kind of where we're all at. Um, you know, if you're at the top of the if you're at the top of the, the 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 company, then there's no one else to ask questions um, to. So you have to have the answers. And so just by being a community, we we have uh, multiple minds are, are greater than one. So uh, th- those are the two core core products, Mark. Yeah. And, and full disclosure, I'm a member of the network and many of the guests you've had uh, listeners on the Value Clarity podcast have been executives who are leaders in the C-suite network. Really impressed with the network you've built and the resources. And um, I'm using the resources that uh, of the C-suite network that's helped me get started on podcasting much more easily uh, than I would have if I'd tried to uh, stumble through it on my own. Sure. Yep. So 
that is the outcome that I achieve, right? It's the connection to other executives, the connection to people who are great guests, the connection to people who might be able to introduce me to clients in my consulting business, but uh, also the tools to help this, you know, I, I don't get paid, certainly don't get paid enough for the podcast. Um, it's there to help introduce my thought leadership and the idea of value-based culture. And so those are the, those are the outcomes. And you're, you were very clear that say, you're saying your products are the network and your products are the tools, but the customer outcomes are growing a business uh, through increased relevance, increased reach, uh, a reciprocity with the rest of the network. Yeah, it's really, it, it is. We, we focus on the outcomes because in today's digital world, we, we've all been talking about digital transformation since 1996. And we've all been facing uncertainty with all of the new technology, the platforms to promote your business on. Marketing has sort of become very confusing and it's become sort of a, a word like healthcare. It, it can mean so many different things to so many different aspects that growing a business today is a lot more complex than it was when we were just brick and mortar stores. And so you need a lot of insights. You need uh, ways to grow your, your network and then the tools to step into some of these new digital um, platforms. And so we have a whole story of how we kind of ended up here. Um, our CEO founder was an executive in order to grow our, 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 our media agency. We were using podcasting and doing different things. He's a public speaker, um, we were producing books, a lot of content, and then we were, um, uh, you know, essentially we had to build a media network for ourselves to just create and distribute content. And then we developed organically um, almost by accident when a lot of our friends and our network uh, connections were coming to us saying, hey, we need to start a podcast. Can we, can we just do it on your network? Can we do this? And so um, by, by sort of being in the trenches, um, in, 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 in sharing in the suffering uh, that the members are going through in, in how we're growing our business uh, in, in adapting to digital transformation, especially since uh, COVID happened. Um, you know, we were in the traditional event space. We didn't know what was going to happen. We went from doing 40 events a year to um, having to have a completely digital model where we're doing the events digitally, we're finding customers digitally, we're converting people digitally. And so um, we went through a, a really interesting uh, process. And now of course, you know, everyone obviously is going through the same process. Uh, COVID was an interesting experience because I think it's easy to talk about the bad parts of COVID. It, it obviously impacted everyone, every industry, um, but it the benefit of going through the last year and a half was that we got to see what it's going to look like to do business in the very near future when everything is completely digital. And, you know, this idea of the new norm is like, you're, you're going to have to find new innovative ways to reach your customers um, in a way that we didn't have to necessarily do in, in our offline world. So um, yeah, I, I would say Mark, you're, you're spot on. We we're, we're just really helping businesses amplify the outcomes. Yeah, you know, um, this is we're you and I are recording my 101st podcast episode, and I started right pretty much at the beginning of COVID, and I started out with two a week, and then slowed it down to to one a week. Um, 
And several of the things that I had to do, podcast was one of those things that I said, I should do that sometime. Mm-hmm. And it went, but uh, COVID came and it went from someday to yesterday. Yeah. Um, in the training part of my practice, um, I knew that I, and I was at my old company, I was one of the most certified at delivering virtually. I was one of the people who was able to deliver some programs virtually um, because other people weren't, I was the only one certified to deliver it. So even if somebody else sold it, I had to be the one to deliver it. Um, so I was, I knew I had to do my IP and my training virtually, and I knew how, uh, but I hadn't done it. So, you know, switching my training from someday went to yesterday in in a blink of an eye. And um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the tools. Um, And certainly the, you know, C-Suite Network was going through the same learning period, but you were learning like a week or two faster than I needed it. And, <laughs> and that was all I needed, right? There's a popular meme that I, I, I loved uh, that was going around the internet. It said, who led the, the digital transformation of your business, your CEO, your CTO, or COVID-19? And so <laughs> I, think, I think we were all in that boat, just, just kind of like, we, we were all warned a long time ago, we need, to, you know, we, need to, we need to figure out these social media things, we need to do digital marketing, we need to, we need to be doing all these things that we've been putting off for a long time. And I think COVID was kind of the, the shock or the slap in the face that, that got us to go, okay, yep, we're, we're taking this serious now so yeah i i also you know i also joke that and you you said something to the effect that you know this is where it's going to be even when the world is back to normal even if the world gets back to normal the world is going to be much more virtual much more hybrid than ever before and uh we used to say in 2018 and 2019 and before you know oh the only constant is change and then 2000 20 said here hold my beer <laughs> and then 2021 said hey you think you got game right yeah um and the the new normal is going to be wilder bigger faster more constant change and we have to develop business models that are responsive to much bigger faster changes the the way things used to be done and tweaking the way we used to do things is no longer uh, going to be acceptable. We're going to have to lean forward into more flexible, more adaptable. And how is it going to end? Monday morning meetings are going to have to be, how are we going to have to change things this week? <laughs> totally. And that's why I love your your platform is all about focusing on the value um, because there's, there's really no business model left. Um, it's so competitive that unless you're, you're providing the best value, uh, you're, you're going to get left behind. And, um, you know, it, what, what's kind of scary that one of the things that popped up in my head when you were talking about buzzwords is when warnings become buzzwords, like digital disruption was just kind of this little thing we, we, we took for granted and it, it was it was interesting to talk about it happening to other industries when when it's taxi drivers, it's fine. But when COVID kind of shut the economy down and we all said, oh, no, like we can't we can't physically interact the same way. We are all digital now. So um, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, I I am impressed that the C-suite network had a, a real clear idea of the outcomes that you are going to try to create for people, the, you know, the tools, 
Um, now the tools changed and the, the time changed and what tools, but you knew you were enabling people to achieve that relevance, that reach. Um, you knew that you were creating network for people to meet and, and uh, connect with each other and create meaningful relationships. And you knew that was the customer outcome. And then you knew that it's simply a matter of figuring out how are we gonna deliver that outcome in this new uh, virtual world. And so, yeah, you had to think a lot of the hows mm -hmm. and a lot of the what's, but not, uh, you, you kept to the same why. You know, we have, um, there's an activity we do usually about once or twice a year where we will sit down and map out the five biggest challenges that our customers are facing. And then we will order them by level of priority in which we can solve that problem. So marketing has always been an interesting problem because it's getting so complicated and, um, and, and we can kind of dive into that. Um, but, um, but, but there's a number of different things that we focus on um, as themes throughout our events and connecting and growing. And a lot of that has to do with marketing. So we're kind of a little heavy in terms of education on the marketing side because of how confusing marketing is sort of getting and how complex it is. But, um, but yeah, that, that's one activity I, I, would, I would suggest everyone do is, is sit down, list out the five biggest uh, challenges facing your customer and then figuring out, um, and I, I tend to, uh, because I'm the chief marketing officer, I tend to have more uh, of, a, of a focus on marketing. So you can, you can slap my hand, Mark, if I, if I get too, too no. deep on marketing. But um, from a marketing perspective, my, what, what I'm interested in is like, what thing can I create that would solve the biggest problem where I can capture someone's contact information and then be able to fulfill that outcome by explaining to them how our product can do that for them? And so you know, walk us through what that might look like um, in, in your model. I mean, you walked it, you walked me through it during an earlier conversation, but let's walk, walk it, walk through it um, while we're recording, please. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and I'm going to go really, really wide okay. uh, just to kind of contextualize a little bit of the shift in marketing, because I think a lot of businesses, 85% of businesses are doing some form of content marketing, but only 9% rate their efforts as highly effective which to me means that almost every single business has a misunderstanding of what marketing actually is. And I honestly believe, Mark, I've been, I went to school for marketing. I've been working for a marketing agency for about 10, 15 years. Um, and everything that I've done is from a marketing perspective. And I can tell you that most marketing people don't probably really understand what marketing is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to jump into your story and, and give you a, Amen. I've been in marketing myself, product marketing, and a big chunk of my practice is getting marketers to start stop talking about features and benefits and start talking about customer outcomes. It's it seems simple, it seems obvious, but that small percentage who rate their content as effective is because it's super rare. Uh, the good news is that the bar is really low and it's a wide open competitive field. <laughs> it is. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. One, I, th I don't think 
we have the right framework because most businesses are are trying to sell something for obvious reasons, right? And so our objective becomes, I th- let me step back. I think the best definition of what marketing is was a book I read is called Marketing Myopia. It was written in 1960 by a guy named Theodore Levitt. Yeah. And um, it's one of the best business books out there that almost no one's read because it's, 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 it's aging. But he explained a classic business problem. He said that essentially the fundamental difference between sales and marketing is that sales job to sell the current product the way it is to the best capability that the sales team can do that. And it's marketing's job to figure out how to sell what the customer actually wants. And companies become myopic if they focus too much of their energy on just selling the current product and not enough time innovating around what the customer wants. So the famous example that he brought up in the book was the railroad industry. You know, back in the day, the railroad industry was like the Silicon Valley of today. Like that was the, those were the big brands of the day and, and those are the most dominant companies. And so what he said was the railroad industries didn't lose market share to the new competitors like the airplane and the automobile. They lost market share because they thought of themselves as selling railroad services. They didn't realize they were from the consumer's perspective in the transportation business. At the time, they could have easily bought out Ford, Chrysler, and all the guys who needed money to start those companies. And yet they didn't realize that they were being invited. The consumer was inviting them to play a different game as, as, as travel changed. And so um, I, I think a lot of companies get stuck trying to figure out how to promote and sell a product. And the internet has completely changed how we communicate. In 1996, there was a similar book, an updated version of Marketing Myopia. It was called Innovator's Dilemma. I'm sure you probably yeah, read it. it. You bet. Yeah. So um, Clayton Christensen, who's a Harvard business professor, wrote this book. And at the time, all these huge Fortune 100 companies were failing. As, as, as the, the, the internet was introduced to the marketplace and they couldn't figure out why, what was going on. And he, his, his summary was essentially that um, great companies fail because of good management. It's really counterintuitive, but it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, like the, the famous Blockbuster versus Netflix story. Most people, like Blockbuster seriously considered buying Netflix at one point. Reed Hastings went to Texas, the famous story, and he said, you can have all this for $50 million. I don't think I can compete against you. They ultimately said no, because they were having one of the best sales years of their business. I think they were doing like six, maybe $7 billion that year. They were at the top of their game and they said, no, like we're playing a good game. They didn't realize like they're being invited to play a different game. And so it actually made sense for them to pass. And they, for two more years, increased their sales until ultimately the consumer caught on that there's a much more convenient way to consume um, movies. And they ultimately, we all know the story. Um, and 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 so I, I just think that we, we kind of have the wrong framework. And so we don't understand that in today's age, here's two statistics for you that you, you may not have heard yet. One is the average person that we are all trying to sell to right now. The average US adult spends 11 hours consuming information on a computer screen every single day. That's two thirds of their waking time is spent looking for information on browsers. So um, uh, 
when l consumers can consume limitless amounts of content on their own terms and on their own devices, that battle for their attention is now the game. And so the companies who are winning today are the ones providing the most valuable content for the people that they're trying to help. So it's no longer, we're, we're still sort of promoting our businesses like we were, we're, we're doing direct marketing instead of inbound marketing. And so it, it's a real shift in terms of like creating content that solves a purpose to create an audience versus just, you know, advertising and interrupting and, 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 and doing a lot of the, the sort of spammy things that a lot of us sort of end up doing because uh, we have got quotas to make. Yeah. I, um, man, I, there's a lot you said there and um, Clayton Christensen and, and, and all of those stories are because the cost, the, these good managements misdefined their business. And you said that uh, they thought they were in railroads when they really were in transportation uh, where transportation is the customer outcome. Railroad is the product is the feature the benefit. And we still, we make that mistake today. You know, I worked for a company that owned the desktop publishing industry. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was before there was computers dominated the, the office shelf space in office equipment markets. And two guys came to them and said, Hey, we're inventing a, a way to do this on a computer. And we told uh, Wozniak and jobs to pound sand. Yep. Right. Exactly. And they were in the lettering machine business, not in the desktop publishing or communication business. So over and over again, because we understand our features and our benefits and our product, not what our customers are buying, which is transportation, which is communication, which is consuming entertainment. You have to have to now define what your customer is getting. The CC network did that, right? When COVID hit, you said, we're connecting people, we're giving them tools. Now, how are we going to do that? And so you didn't fold up and die because you thought that you were a physical events company, you realized that you were a connection and networking and, and marketing tools company. Mm -hmm. And um, you really didn't skip a beat. Yeah. It, I mean, I, it felt like you were, um, I'm sure it felt like you were scrambling for a lot of months there to stay ahead of the pace of change. But the reality is, you didn't skip a beat. You you made a transition, um, perhaps uncomfortably, but it looked pretty smooth from the front row seats. I think that's because we did two things successfully. One is we had a successful message that resonated. And the second was, I mean, obviously our, our CEO, basically the first hint that we were going to be in shutdown longer than two weeks when that became apparent to everyone and people started to sort of panic and wonder how this is going to affect our businesses, we just tripled down on, tripled down on everything that we were doing. I mean, we went from 40 events uh, a year to, we think we did 300 events last year. So the silver lining was we, by going to a digital model, it enabled uh, new growth for us, Mark, because we were able to touch base with our consumers uh, a lot more than we were and quite frankly, it kind of, I mean, it gave us a, a much better way of operating. I mean, instead of having to go to, you know, Las Vegas for a conference to see the same people, we were interacting together on a sometimes weekly basis um, by, by just getting on Zoom and, and, and doing digital events. Yeah. Um, 
and, and kudos to you. So we, we kind of, I kind of sidetracked you from how you, your, your kind of your marketing funnel works and, and how you engage people with valuable content uh, to, to, and to start the engagement. So to close the loop on where I was going with the framework is that in order to communicate effectively online, the game that we're playing today, where railroads didn't observe what game we were playing, the point I was trying to make was that in the past, we only had to compete against three differentiating qualities, speed, quality, and price. But now the internet's invited us to play a totally different game. And I think here's where we go wrong with how we promote online is that the new game is now we're being judged by our ability to create actual followers. So we have to create content worth following and it has to be valuable to kind of, you know, and that's why I love what you're talking about because that's what marketers have been trying to say for a long time and it, it's, it, it, it hasn't been effective. And that means you kind of have to operate, like think about operating your business as a media network. You have an audience, your audience has a specific interest, they're facing similar problems. Now, how do you create a subscription that they can follow to solve those problems and then offend, uh, funnel them into becoming um, you know, delighted customers? And so our process does that. Um, so our, our basically, essentially our model is we host all these ongoing events and then we invite people to solve a problem. So an example would be um, I host an event to teach people how we drive 30,000 people to our website every month and how you can replicate this model and how you can, in the process, teach people high, highly valuable information, but then identify them as a qualified prospect or potentially interested in what you have to sell them and, and then, and then be converting them into a customer. So in that example, we invite and we'll do a lot of ads for attend this event where we'll show you this high valuable information, like the inside look at our process. And then at the end of that, I've obviously captured the contact information for all those folks. So I've built my, I'm building my list. And then we will thank them, send them a couple of follow-up letters, thanking them for attending, and then showing them that by becoming a customer, we can even help them with, you know, growing their connections and growing their business through our platform. And, and that's kind of how we approach it is we go va all value first, and then we bring people into to our funnel by building a list or our base of subscribers so that they can access content on a weekly basis. So we also have a newsletter. Um, we're soon to be um, launching an ebook that shows um, folks this, this um, big shift, this change in communication. We're gonna show how, how marketing has changed from you know, essentially um, marketing myopia till now and like the, 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 the marketing plan for how to, to solve that for your individual uh, business. So that's, maybe more details than you wanted, but that's kind of how our no, funnel works. It, and I was actually, it, there's some, some real similarities. Uh, when I was talking to Kara Golden, uh, she sells flavored water and it's, you can't sell that through the internet, right? Uh, she, now she sells it over the internet and will ship you because she has a direct consumer portion of her business, but she has built a network, a community of fans, of followers, 
they, so they have online community. And so she's asking her people, should I go into deodorant? What do you want about it? We've got these new deodorant flavors. We've got this new sunscreen. We got this. Uh, we're thinking about this new flavor where, hey, announcing we, we just got into this grocery store. And she's got a loop uh, closed with a community of people who love her product. Now, she couldn't offer, uh, she may have been able to offer it for free where un, unlike you have to offer the, the intellectual property, your IP or your, your stuff for free, she's selling water, but she very quickly created a community. Uh, talked to Ferris Sabati, who is the CEO of the number one swim fitness app on mm -hmm. uh, iPhone and, and uh, the Apple Watch for adult swimmers. Yep. And he's, yes, he sells a subscription, but his competitive advantage is his, com his community of swimmers where he's giving them, he, he had to, during COVID, he had to uh, create dry land workouts because all the swimming pools were closed. Yep. Uh, exercises you can do at home to keep you in swim shape or to improve your stroke. And uh, so he, he changed his product a little bit, but that built a community of online users. And now he's um, giving online tips and all of his FAQs are now videos. And so now he's got that community of online loyal follower users. So there's a lot of similarities, it sounds like. The, the, the word that you use, subscription, is the best. It's a much better way of explaining what I was trying to explain is, is, is yes, today the brands that are winning are creating subscription models that are solving really unique problems. Um, the, the, the example that you're, that came in my head when you were talking about the water was Red Bull. A lot of people don't realize Red Bull's not, they don't think, they don't see themselves as the railroad. They don't see themselves as a beverage company. They see themselves as a media company. Um, and they, they promote a peak performance movement. So their audience are peak performers and they create content that they can subscribe to and then a lot, but a lot of people give me a hard time for using Netflix or um, Red Bull as an example. So one model everyone should really check out is this guy named Patrick Bed David. You might know him. He's got a, a whole platform called Valuetainment, and he runs an insurance company. But he's operating one of the the most professional business media networks online, and it's brilliant because you know how how would an someone who owns an insurance company um, operate as a media company. It's like, well, you're selling to CEOs and entrepreneurs. Um, they're interested in really specific things like growing their business. So creating a subscription for all the CEOs in America to follow this one person um, is a really interesting way to grow your list. And, you know, if you'd rather buy insurance from the company promoting why their whole life insurance is better than a competitor versus doing business with the guy that you're already following and who's giving you an amazing content to grow your business, you're going to choose the second one every time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so loops get closed when you start really focusing on the outcome and then building a community and uh, subscription, but somehow uh, a community that keeps you engaged. Um, another book that I have read is called co-creation where you're co-creating your offer with your best customers in a 
collaborative, interactive fashion rather than um, have my smarties back in the lab, think of something and we'll try to sell it as soon as you can productize it. Yeah. Collaborations, I think, over an overlooked asset. Um, Tony Robbins said, um, most people don't really need fitness trainers to teach them fitness as much as just someone standing behind you and say, get off your ass. And so collaboration is kind of a, a great way that you can, you know, find inspiration, aspiration with other people, but then also um, they, they encourage you to, to move faster as well. Well, um, and with that, I think we're going to have to shut it down. Is there anything else you want to um, share with us besides uh, how we can how people can get a hold of you? Um, well, I think in about a week we will have an ebook on our site um, that basically answers the uh, the the change, the shift in marketing to help you know be the most valuable organization to the audience you're trying to build, I would suggest you go check that out. It would be on c-suite-network.com. Look forward to that. Tyler, thank you very much. How can people get a hold of you? Um, I'm on Twitter. So just at Tyler Hazlett, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T. Great. Uh, Tyler, thank you for investing your time with us today and sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Mark. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on another episode of the Value Clarity Podcast, where we believe that value only exists in your customer's mind, which means that marketing and sales are a lot more like brain surgery than you might have thought. Thanks, and have a high-value day. Well, it ain't easy, because value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're going to drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customer's outcomes, you're bound to be your dues cause you'll be singing those old don't know value this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com